You are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, D-backs fans, we got another crossover, and today we're with Locked On A's host Jason Burke. He's here to talk some crap. Jason, how's it feeling right now to be on top of the world, I guess, or at least on top of the dirt because the D-backs are six feet below crap right now, so how does it feel to beat the Arizona Diamondbacks? Oh, man, it feels so good. What a win. The A's coming through in the clutch. I'm just, you said I had to talk crap. So now I am. <laughs> no, the, the Diamondbacks looked good for parts, but I uh, just couldn't seal it and keep the A's at bay, uh, which Jed Lowry, he's, he's been a beast lately. So you can't really blame the Diamondbacks on that front. He has been scalding the ball. So yeah, whatever. what's up with that guy? Honestly, I feel like he's been around baseball for a pretty long time but I feel like no one really wants to like commit to him long term he kind of he's been with Oakland for a pretty long time so I guess they're the team to commit to him but he's never been like an outstanding player I'm looking at his baseball reference now 37 years old so he is pretty old he's been pretty productive throughout his career so uh, how do you feel about Jed Lowry honestly everywhere besides Oakland he has been hurt most of the time but with Oakland I think he missed a decent amount like 40 games like one year and every other year, he's been very healthy, which has been the big difference for him is just staying healthy because he's obviously very talented, as you guys saw on in Tuesday's game with that three-run homer. Um, yeah, he's a talented, talented dude. He's known for hitting lots and lots of doubles with the A's. And uh, the way that he's driving the ball this year, he uh, when I was doing the series preview, uh, he was like fifth in average distance uh for the ball for the ball to travel at like 229 feet i believe and mike trout who's hitting dingers all the time uh was eight feet below him so jed lowry is more consistently driving the ball than mike trout as of a couple of days ago and that's something that you want to see as an a's fan means that he's seeing the ball he's hitting the ball and uh you know he's the jed lowry that we remember after a couple of year hiatus yeah, on the D-backs podcast, we don't mention Mike Trout. That's a trigger word for us <laughs> over here. We don't. We immediately go into a whole tangent about Mookie Betts versus Mike Trout, so we don't even bring that name up anymore over here, uh, Jason. So don't even talk about Mike Trout. But let's talk about today's game because as a D-backs fan, I mean, Zach Gallen was back, the Gallen attack. Uh, he looked pretty solid on the mound. He did give up some hard contact. He was in some sticky situations against the A's. But overall, he only gave up one earned run, and he was striking out dudes, which is always pretty positive. His uh, fastball velocity looked pretty good. I think he was sitting in the around 93 to 94, according to StatCast. So I thought he looked pretty good out there on the mound. Again, got into some sticky situations, but was able to get out of it. Looks like he gave up one home run. I wasn't really able to watch this game too much. I had it on my phone while I was working, so don't tell my boss that. But <laughs> I, I was pretty happy with uh, Zach Gallon today. Uh, couldn't go deep. He was throwing a lot of pitches in today's game. But well, how do you feel about the 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 A's approach in the in the first few innings with Zach Allen on the mound Zach Zach Gowan has faced the A's twice now the last two seasons I believe he's gone 11 innings given up two solo home runs and that is it Uh, he struck out eight dudes today Uh, he is a really good pitcher and I'm glad that I have him in fantasy I hate facing or I hate 
seeing the A's going against him because I know that he's going to be tough. Uh, both of those runs that he's given up solo home runs last year, it was Robbie Grossman today. It was Steven Piscotty. Um, yeah, that, that's all they can do against him is home runs and the home runs played a big role for the A's overall, uh, on in Tuesday's game. So that was nice, but Zach Allen is a filthy monster. And, uh, I, I don't like seeing him against my team, but I like having him in fantasy baseball. Dude is great. And uh, I think that the A's, they did what they do. They knew that he was on a pitch limit. So they're like, hey, if we can just get his pitch count up there a little bit, maybe we can get him out of this game, do something against the bullpen because we cannot hit this guy. And the A's are a patient team, and I think it paid off for him today. Yeah, and that's a smart move because the D-backs never seem to get a complete game from their pitchers. You get a good, you know, four innings from Zach Gallon, and then the bullpen comes in and they give it up. Taylor Clark was a little shaky up there, but it was really Kevin Ginko with that three-run bomb uh, given up to a uh, Jed Lowry, like you mentioned. That really turned the tide because earlier in the game, the D-backs got their own three-run bomb from Carson Kelly, who is quietly might be the second-best D-backs player in this lineup right now. You can make the argument for him. He's been on fire start the season he, he looks like he's primed for a bounce back because he's one of those guys that really struggled in 2020 like pretty much everyone in this d-backs lineup and you know when you trade your franchise cornerstone player and paul goldschmidt and you get back a guy like carson kelly you want to see a return in that investment and he showed it in 2019 regressed mightily in 2020 but right now it looks like he might be back to the normal carson kelly in 2021 but you did mention fantasy and i do have an ace player on my fantasy team ramon loriano and so far i mean that man uh, you know i get extra points in my league for stealing bases and that dude has been on fire stealing the bag i know he was like hurt what, what was he hurt in at the end of 2019 or hurt of 2020 what what was it exactly? he gets hurt uh for some point each year uh last year he got the suspension for charging the entire astros dugout uh this year he missed a couple of games because he slid into first base jammed his thumb up a little bit but uh he's back he's stealing bases uh that's the effect of uh elvis andrews andrews has not done much at the plate or he's made a couple of nice defensive plays which are nice he's been hitting the ball hard but the results haven't been there but when you know, camp started. Everybody was asking him, how do we steal bases? And Ramon Laureano is uh, apparently a base stealer now. And uh, the A's apparently steal bases, which is weird. So um, yeah, that's the Elvis Andrews effect right there. They've had Ricky Henderson in camp, but apparently Elvis Andrews better base stealer than Ricky Henderson uh, in today's game. So uh, it's been interesting to see Ramon Laureano going. I do have a question for you though. Um, and I know that this is only a two game series and you were just talking about Carson Kelly. Um, you know, he went against the lefty Luzardo and, uh, Steven vote, old friend, Steven vote, uh, got the start against Bassett, the righty. Um, is that a strict platoon or is Carson Kelly the main guy? And it just worked out that way this time. Uh, right now to start this season, it's, it's been pretty close to a strict platoon. Honestly, you would expect Carson Kelly, maybe as a season to go on to get more of those opportunities, but Stephen Vogt's been pretty solid, honestly, for this D-backs team. He's been crushing some home runs. So right now it's been more of a strict platoon. You'd be surprised how many times uh, Stephen Vogt would come into a game and replace Carson Kelly or vice versa to pinch hit. So right now it's more of a platoon than uh, Carson Kelly's job. But, uh, you know, if the D-backs really go into a tailspin, I mean, I, we might see more Carson Kelly because there's not really a need to – to give so much playing time to a guy like Steven Vogt, I mean, he's 
uh, obviously over the hill. He's like in his mid thirties. So there's not really a future there with Carson Kelly. And they also have one of the best catching prospects in baseball and Dalton Varsho waiting in the wings. So if this season just gets out of control, they could always do Carson Kelly and Dalton Varsho platoon split and just kind of move Steven Vogt to the side or maybe trade him because he has been a pretty uh, solid catcher to start the year. And talking more a little bit about Loriano, I just feel like the stolen base in general has kind of been a forgotten skill, honestly, in baseball. I think with advanced analytics, they talk about how it's really not that efficient. You know, why give up outs on the base pass? But you look at what Loriano's doing. I mean, he's creating runs for his team. Uh, for the D-backs, they got their own guy, Timmy LeCastro, who, you know, the longest streak to, to start a major league career, 29 for 29 on his first 29 attempts. So I think the stolen base is a, a lost start, and I, I'm glad to see it coming back in baseball, honestly. He almost got picked off. Uh, Ramon Loriano, actually, he technically did get picked off, but uh, yeah. the umpire called him safe. And since the D-backs had already used their review, uh, they, they couldn't challenge it at all. And that led to the insurance run. It didn't necessarily impact the game, but uh, yeah, it, it almost bit him in, in the butt for a second, but it ended up uh, adding an extra run for the A's to make it 7-5. And uh, Ramon Loriano's a really good baseball player when he's healthy and going well. So uh, I, I like seeing that out of him for sure. Hey, it's me again, just butting in real quick. I got some Madison Bumgarner slander coming up real quick because Miller does not like him. And uh, so that, that's a lot of fun. You're going to want to hear that. But first off, I got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors today, and that is Locker Room. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting rooms for Locked On A's once a week, and yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me this week on Saturday at 1 p.m. because I'll be hosting a room this week on Saturday at 1 p.m. And we're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to see if Casey, what Casey Mize is up to that day. He's going against Cole Irvin as of right now. Should be a very interesting matchup. Uh, Casey Mize, shut down the Astros. I want to talk with you guys about Casey Mize, kind of. Um, so join me on Saturday at one o'clock and we'll go do that. But to join the conversation, you got to go download the free locker room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at ByJasonB to be notified when my room goes live. And I know you won't want to miss it because I am planning to be live this week, Saturday at one o'clock for the A's game and the Casey Mice show. So I can't wait to hear everybody's thoughts on the A's. I'll see you guys there. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. Today's episode is also sponsored by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box and let them know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And now back to my my talk, not an interview, my talk with Miller Thomas of Locked On Diamondbacks. Well, in that game on Monday, he almost got picked off as well, but... Bumgarner being the bad pitcher he is, he came and throw it over to third base. He just threw the ball away. And all of a sudden, Loriano's coming around third to score now. So uh, it, it was a tough series for the D-backs. And today's game, uh, we needed some more of out, uh, needed a little bit more out of the bullpen today. The offense was pretty good. Uh, pretty good today. They were able to put five runs on the board, which is pretty solid. The team only went two for nine with runners in scoring position. They've been awful this season runners in scoring position but they've been able to produce some home runs so uh, overall I guess I'm kind of happy with the effort at least but this was a game that was in their grasp but they could have won that they just kind of let slip away honestly well you guys have had a couple of injuries in the bullpen too I know Chris Davinsky might not be a a big piece of the bullpen but he is a He's had a track record of being really good, so maybe there's something to unlock there. Joaquin Soria is also on the DL or uh, IL, uh, you know, another former A's great. So uh, yeah, yeah. They, they've got a couple of key piece, pieces missing from the outside. I don't know. I don't know if they're if uh, you know uh, specifically Davinsky if he is a big part in the that uh, bullpen. But uh, Soria could definitely help out in a game like uh, today's where they needed somebody to shut the door and nobody really did. Uh, as the the game went on yeah that's a great point because basically anyone who's been named a closer this year for the d-backs has gotten hurt tyler clippard in spring training he got shut down for six weeks with an injury then soria was gonna be the closer he got hurt and then chris davinsky he actually was kind of important because after soria got put on the il he got elevated to uh the closer position but he's not even hurt he's on the restricted list which I'm not even entirely sure what that means he's out for personal reasons right now so I'm not entirely too sure honestly what's going on with Chris Davinsky but right now the D-backs don't have a closer and they don't really need one because they're not even getting the the chance to put a, a player in position to close out a game because they're always losing when it comes to the ninth inning so uh, a sad loss today by the D-backs but I guess we can move over to Monday's game unless you had any last thoughts on your on the game today not on today's game no i I had a great time Uh, once the seventh (laughs) inning finished i had a great great time yeah just a one that got away that's all i can say (laughs) about today's game honestly i had a loss for words but monday's game i think i have a few more things to talk about because whenever mass and bumgarner is on the mound it's always a great time to talk honestly whether it's good or bad and it's never been good honestly he's literally never had a quality start for the d-backs in his d-backs career not one quality start it seems like he consistently gives up five earned runs or more that's basically what he did it was vintage mass and bumgarner on monday 4.2 4.2 innings pitch, six earned runs, three walks. Now, the, the one good thing that Madison Bumgarner surprisingly can do, even though he doesn't really have a fastball, is strikeout dudes. He had five strikeouts in less than five innings. He's been pretty good somehow, that department. But his lack of fastball velocity and just overall lack of velocity has killed him. He threw his cutter 45 times in that game on Monday, and it only averaged 84.5 miles per hour. And 
the batting average against that cutter because he gave up six hits and nine plate appearances uh, uh, with that cutter on Monday. And it was just getting absolutely crushed by the Oakland A's average exit velocity of 93 miles per hour by the Oakland A's. So uh, how do you feel about your A's offense after seeing Madison Bumgarner on the mound? Because you, I know we were talking off the, the mic a little bit before, and we we're talking about how the A's going to this series, uh, you know, their bats weren't alive. And I said, Hey, just wait till you go against Madison Bumgarner on Monday. Those bats are going to wake up. And that's exactly what they did. Is and started scoring a few runs in Houston and getting those two wins in Houston was big for their confidence. Uh, they were, what are they now? Uh, they were three and seven at that point. So now they're looking a lot better uh, getting closer to 500 and the bats coming alive is definitely something that they that needed to happen because they were only scoring one, two runs. I think they had scored five runs once in their first like six games. It was not the offensive output that we're used to seeing from the A's. They've been getting better starting pitching, which has been helpful. Uh, I, I know that Bassett struggled to get through five. He didn't have a lot of command, but he gutted his way through it without any command, really. Uh, he walked five guys and he still gave them five innings and he's saving the bullpen. They're not having to rely on the bullpen too much. And so there's been a few different things that are coming together, but I think that the better starting pitching has led to more offensive production and vice versa. So uh, they're, they're starting to hit not on all cylinders, but the cylinders are pumping a little bit at least. And uh, we'll, we'll see if they can continue it uh, when the A's play the Tigers this weekend. But uh, I'm hopeful right now at the very least. H how are you feeling about the Diamondbacks overall? Uh, the Diamondbacks, that's a great question, honestly. I feel like I feel like they're living up to my expectations. They're like just competitive enough in these games. They're going to win just enough games by the time August rolls around. And you're like, man, if they just get a little bit hot, they could possibly take a wild card spot. And then they're eventually just going to fizzle out, probably finish around 500 and just crush our hopes. Honestly, that's usually what the D-backs do. They like to be competitive just enough, keep their heads bobbing above water, but you know, never drown, never, never get out the pool either. They're just kind of <laughs> treading water and that's what they love to do. So I, I think they've kind of lived up to expectations of four and seven on the year. And honestly, I feel like there's a path for this D-backs team to be more competitive than what they are now. But the Madison Bumgarner thing is a real problem for this D-backs team because it's literally every five days, you just know your, your pitch is going to go out there and just blow the game for you. When you when you know that going into the game, not only hurts you know the pitcher's confidence because Madison Bumgarner knows he sucks. It's in the back of his mind. He knows he has the, the demons right now because he's doing everything he can to, to, to try to stop it. Honestly, he's doing the weird side pitching thing during spring training. He's trying to do some Johnny Cueto stuff. He's doing everything he can to break out of his struggles but he honestly can't and then as an offense that just puts so much pressure on the guys because they know if they don't go out there and score eight to ten runs they have no chance of competing in that game that's what it's been like in this mass and bum garner experience and the saddest thing is this is only his second year uh, the say we're only in year two of a five-year deal for Madison Bumgarner, which was a backloaded contract. He's making 19 this year, then 23 annually over the next two years after that. So I'm praying we just give him a Bobby Bonilla contract, just buy him out. Let's pay him for the next 40 years. Honestly, I'm, I'm so down to do that. <laughs>
Hey, it's me one more time coming up in my chat with Miller Thomas. Uh, I really tried to get Cattell Marte away from the Diamondbacks. So uh, stick around to see what his answer is. You can probably guess, but I keep going at it and uh, we'll, we'll see if he relents at all. But I do want to tell you guys about one more sponsor for today's episode, and that is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. The NBA is in full swing right now. Hockey, hitting pucks. Slap shots, flying V, Mighty Ducks rebrand. They're it they they're going crazy right now. But baseball is the hottest one on the market right now. But if sports aren't your thing, you can also place bets on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. But online also has real-time updated odds and props and almost anything that you can imagine. Uh, they got you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it is the best place to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. All you got to do is head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. And that is why everybody says that Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. Be a waiver wire winner with the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast. It's a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And before I send it back to Miller, make sure to follow the Locked On A's podcast too. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Locker Room app. If you have any questions, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So with that, here is my swindling of Cattell Marte away from the Diamondbacks. Hope you guys enjoy. Uh, because of the way that the Diamondbacks roster is constructed, I, I do have one question for you. And uh, they have a, like Bumgarner, Cole Calhoun, uh, Azdrubal Cabrera, a lot of veteran guys on this team and in the bullpen. Mm-hmm. Aside from like Carson Kelly and Cattell Marte, who are like the core players that Arizona is building around? Because right now is the best hope like third place in the NL West and maybe a playoff spot? Um, cause they're not necessarily built long-term. So are they going to start trading guys away? Um, yeah. Who, who are they building around right now? Yeah. Well, number one, number one, number two, Zach Allen and Ketel Marte. Both of those guys are young. Both of them around Zach Allen's like 25, 26. Ketel Marte is like 27 years old. So both those guys are young. Josh Rojas. He was one of the best players in spring training. He came over from that Zach Ranky trade. So he's a potential shortstop of the future has really struggled to start the year. So we'll see. And the D backs have one of the best farm systems in baseball. So we'll see if they do by the trade deadline, if they're out of it, start moving off these veterans because, as I mentioned before, Dalton Varsha, one of the best catching prospects. They had a guy, J.B. Braskakis, who actually lit up spring training, and it was a big surprise to see him be sent back down to the minors because a lot of people thought he was going to be a back-end bullpen guy, but major league service time, I don't I get into that. That's probably why he wasn't brought up. And so the D-backs have a few interesting guys waiting in the wings. They're they're pretty deep in the outfield when it comes to prospects. So there's a lot of young talent on this team. You just don't see a lot of it on the major league level right now, because as you said, it's a lot of veterans and the D-backs don't want to spend any money too. So they're going to go out there and sign the Drupal Cabreras, sign the Joaquin Sorias who are in their mid thirties, but only going to cost $5 million or less, honestly, because they only spent a total, get this Jason of eight and a half million dollars in the offseason that they might as well sign billy bean honestly if they're going to do the money ball strategy like that so if the diamondbacks are selling off guys i know that tell Marte, great player 
but he would bring a great return. He's only making eight million next year, I believe, and then ten million the year after that. And I believe that one of those is a team option. Is there any chance that he would also be on the market? Because you could definitely whet the A's appetite with a Stephen Vote the way that uh, Armas Garcia is now playing. Uh, you know, give the A's a a veteran lefty bat in the lineup behind the dish to platoon with uh, Sean Murphy. It'd be a nice addition, but. I'd really like to tell Marte if he's up for grabs. Is, is he at all on the market? I don't know if he's on the market. I haven't heard anything, but you never know with this D-backs team because as we get closer to his free agency, the D-backs have shown a non-willingness to pay their players, specifically their stars. Maybe Paul Goldschmidt was a little bit too old for them, but if Ketel Marte is 29 years old, are they going to want to commit uh, You know, close to a 10-year deal to him? I don't know the answer to that question. It better be hell yeah, because uh, you see Francisco Lindor, mm-hmm. uh, Fernando Tatis Jr., all these guys are getting locked up. Ketel Marte was arguably the best player in baseball before he got hurt this year. Like That's not a hyperbole. He was playing some of the best baseball of his mm-hmm. career. His numbers were phenomenal before before he got hurt and it's only going to be possibly a 10 day injury. We'll see it's a hammy. So that thing can always linger, but the dude's a real stud in the middle of the lineup. He can't do it all by himself. This is baseball. Of course, Uh, I don't want to bring up the trigger word again, but we've seen that guy out there in Los Angeles, you know, be one of the best in baseball and it doesn't mean anything for their team. So you got to build around this guy, Ketel Marte. And if the D-backs are sellers at the deadline, Maybe they look to move a guy like Eduardo Escobar. He might be able to bring some real value back. Honestly, he struggled big time in 2020, but he just came off a, a four home run, four home run game hitting streak. I don't know how to phrase that properly. He yeah, had home four run home runs. Straight. Yeah, I had a home run yeah. in four straight. I tried to make it sound fancy, but that just ended up <laughs> sounding pretty stupid, honestly. So he might be the guy that that brings back the most value if they decided to be uh sellers at this deadline and hey if you really want someone in your rotation we're more than willing to give up mass and bumgarner if we're willing to eat the whole contract would you take mass and bumgarner the d-back said they'll eat his entire contract if he was free free uh, i just don't want to see him i'm gonna say no only because of the results but if he's free then you can tinker with him and you know maybe gets if they're in the wild card game or something like that maybe there's something there i think no but for free yeah i mean would we have to give you anything we don't want anything. Just take him. <laughs> just take him off our hands. We don't want just to get him off the roster. Because <laughs> as long as he's on the roster, we have to keep pitching him. And I doubt the D-backs. I mean, maybe they'll finally have a self-reflection and look within themselves and say, hey, maybe we have to move this guy to the bullpen. Because they saw a one star from Caleb Smith and they're like, man, we can't have Caleb Smith and Madison Bumgarner both in our rotation. So let's move this guy to the bullpen. And let's see what he can do. And the D-backs don't have a lot of lefties in the bullpen. So uh, once they added Caleb Smith, that was a only the second lefty in the bullpen so go throw Bumgarner in there too then you can okay. have three lefties in the bullpen and then look at that all of a sudden you got a pretty deep <laughs> lefty bullpen and uh, actual uh, competent rotation as well because the D-backs rotation isn't too bad with a Zach Gallen the Taylor mm-hmm. Widener has been pretty solid Riley Smith made his uh major league starting debut this week as well and he was pretty good so the D-backs have a path to be semi-relevant with their rotation Luke Weaver looks like he could be back to 2019 form so there's three or four solid starters with a true Cy Young candidate and Zach Allen so there's potential for this rotation to be good you just it just will never get over the hump as long as you know every fifth day I'm going to get a have a starter on the mound that's going to give up five earned runs and three home runs definitely yeah um, but back on to 
trading Cattell Marte to Oakland. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I think that he'd be great uh, for the A's. And maybe if he does get traded, it'd be for a hall of prospects. And you, you really start with the youth movement in Arizona. Maybe that's the way to go. If they, they got a solid, uh, you know, uh, farm system and all that stuff. Maybe start with a bunch of 23 year olds and go from there uh, would be my opening arguments for trying to get Cattell Marte to Oakland. But uh, I don't know that uh, eight and $10 million is even in the A's payroll right now. Cause they do not spend money. Uh, oh, well, yeah. Yeah. But uh, the diamondbacks are always a very familiar team to A's fans. It feels like, cause they've got former A's, you know, Tyler Clippard wasn't there, but former a uh, walking Zoria, obviously uh, Stephen boat. Uh, and then there's, you know, the A's nemeses, uh, with Bumgarner and Cole Calhoun. And there was one other guy too that uh, was also a nemesis of the A's. But um, yeah, they're, they're always a very familiar team and they're always, they're not that far away in Arizona um, just because spring training, we've, a lot of us have been to spring training. It's a beautiful ballpark. ballpark. I have not watched a game there, but I did take the ballpark tour. It's a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful place. I My favorite thing is that all the seats face home plates, which is not something that happens in Oakland. And I loved that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that the Diamondbacks, they'll get there again, they'll get a repeat of 2001. I think um, it's it, it just a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a process in that NL West right now. The giants are on the upswing too. the, the Rockies. You can beat up on them. That's nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that is a tough division right now. Yeah, the D-backs don't really have a path to winning the, the division anytime <laughs> soon. They're pretty much playing for the wild card for at least the next half decade, probably, with the way the Dodgers and uh, the Padres are built. But I do want to ask you about your own division because I guess we'll bring him up real quick. The Angels right now are in first place in the NLS. And just what are your overall thoughts about the division? Do you think the Angels will end up winning the, the division for the, I don't know how long it's been, but I'm imagine it's been a long time since they won the division. And uh, do you think that's sustainable or do you think a team like the A's can make a run? Or do you believe, you know, the Astros who are, you know, hated by baseball are actually the best team in that division, or even a team like Seattle, who is, you know, the, the arguably the worst team in all of major league sports, not just baseball and all four American sports. I think they have the longest playoff drought right now. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that division? And we're not even going to talk about the Rangers because they're all, because <laughs> they just got no hit and haven't scored a run in a few games. <laughs> yeah, I, they, they scored today as we're recording this, but uh, <laughs> them scoring runs should not be a headline. Uh, the Seattle Mariners are a really good team on the rise. They're not quite there yet, but they are going to be the overlords of this division in probably two years time. They have so much talent that uh, the outfield that they are compiling right now is ridiculously talented. So uh, they're, they're a scary team on the rise. They'll get some wins here and there. They'll at best be around like 78 wins. I don't know if they have enough pitching and defense to get them there, but they have you know, that amount of upside, they'll be between like 70 and 78. Uh, it's basically the A's twins and Astros right now. The Astros played like world beaters in their first series against the A's. The A's took two out of three from them in Houston, which was nice. Uh, we'll see how healthy they can stay because their entire season for me depends on if Jordan Alvarez makes it, you know, 120 games for them without him in their lineup. They're a beatable team because he's basically their replacement for George Springer right now. Um, so if you just take George Springer out and replace him with Jordan Alvarez, you're not doing much because Alvarez did not play last year. But if you take both those guys out, 
then they're not as deep. And Yuli Gurriel is playing out of his mind right now. He's not going to do that all season. And I don't know that I trust their pitching necessarily. Uh, they've pitched well so far, but it's still very early. What happens when you get to like innings 60 and 70 on the season on, on one of these guys' arms like Christian Javier, who's been pitching well? Uh, it's it's a slog. It's on the entire season is what I want to see from the Houston Astros. Cause I don't know that they can do it for an entire season in spurts. Yes. In the playoffs. Yes. Uh, it's health and how, how much can they hold up pitching wise? Uh, the, the angels are interesting. They've got that one guy. Uh, he's been good, but for me, I've been tweeting out any gift that I see of, uh, Shohei Otani. Yeah. I, I love watching him. He is amazing. He is, uh, him and, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. are my two favorite players. I think I love everything that they do. Do they have enough pitching uh, starting rotation pitching? Their bullpen seems much improved, but their rotation, a little bit of a question mark. Uh, if they go out and get like a, I, I keep saying Herman Marquez from the Rockies, if they go out and get mm. him, maybe that's enough to give them that little extra hump. But um, it, th- this team has fallen to the A's and the Astros for, I think since 2014. So uh, I don't know that they have enough, even with the reinforcements as they brought in and the A's I have said it, you know, on my podcast, but I think that on paper, that the team that was constructed in the off season has more talent than last year's. Uh, I know that they lost Marcus Simeon and then they also lost Chris Davis. But if you replace those two guys with Elvis Andrews and Mitch Moreland on the aggregate, the A's offense might actually be better. Obviously losing Liam Hendricks is a big blow. He hasn't been great so far this year, but you know, early season, uh, his replacement though was Trevor Rosenthal. He is on the IL until August. So, uh, that part of the equation hasn't been great, but Lou Trevino has been pitching really well this season. He had a really great rookie season in 2018. So if he can recapture his 2018 form, then I think that the A's could be going somewhere. Um, I, I still think that they're a 90 win team at the very least, you know, in the low nineties, 90 to 93, maybe they can get up to 97 because they've won 97 games three years in a row. And people keep writing them off like they're a 78 win team. And I don't think that that's the talent level. So if they're healthy, they have the talent and the depth to make a nice little run. And because this could be Bob Melvin's last year in Oakland, depending on what he wants to do and Billy Bean almost left. And then that his venture fell through. So he's (laughs) nearing the end of his, uh, his run in Oakland. It would seem, I think that they push their chips in at the trade deadline this year, a lot like they did in 2014 when they went out and got John Lester, they didn't make it past the wildcard game, but I I think that they're going to be more aggressive at this year's deadline because it could be the end of an era and we could see somebody like Matt Chapman trade in the off season. So make a big push for it this year and then scrap it all at the end of it. But uh, I think that this is the year that they're going to really push those chips in because they've got a little bit of talent in the minor leagues that they can move and still keep the core intact. So uh, that's, I think that the A's are still the team to beat, even though they're five and seven and they were a laughing stock for the first week of the year, but uh, it's a very long season. They have more depth than the other two teams. And I think that that's, what's going to be the difference maker for the A's in the end. Mm. And unlike most people, I'm pro Astros. I want to see the Astros <laughs> do well. I love this revenge tour that they're on. If I was rooting for them last year in the playoffs, I was like, make it to the World Series, get back to the Dodgers and beat those bums and just shut them up. Honestly, I don't want to hear any more whining from them about the cheating. So I was rooting for the Astros. So I'll probably root for them again if they go deep into postseason. But we're probably wrapping up here soon. So I do want to ask you one final question. And it has to do with the, the Angels, honestly. It has to do with the one of your favorite 
favorite players, Otani, because right now he's never really put together a full season. He's only played around 100 games uh, the first couple of years. And of course, last year is the shortened season. So if he plays around 150 games, you know, gets his 25 home runs, his 10 stolen bases, even makes around 15 starts. Doesn't by definition, he has to be the MVP of the American League. I mean, I, I think so, because he would be doing more than anybody else, even if Mike Trout uh, hits like 40 homers and drives in like 120. Did he pitch at all? No. And Shohei wouldn't be that far behind him offensively. Um, so I, I think that Shohei, especially he hit a ball 119 miles an hour last night as we're recording. And people don't do that. That's John Carlos Stanton numbers that nobody does that in baseball. And he's also, you know, pitching. So <laughs> if he's okay, if he has like a four ERA as a pitcher and goes like 10 and eight or something like that, I think that that would be enough to get him uh, the, the MVP award because no, nobody does what he does. And would it be necessarily deserved? Maybe not. Maybe somebody else has a great season. But, you know, like uh, Jose Abreu had a great 60 games last year. Uh, was it an outstanding season? Not necessarily, but you could see if there's nobody else necessarily challenging him like that, if he does over the course of a full season, the stats that you put out there and some, and there's no real competition, it's like Jose Abreu's 2020 season, then yeah, I think that he's the MVP, but Matt Chapman's going to take it. So uh, we don't got to worry about that. Yeah, I think I saw a highlight today from Otani of him just beating out a, a, a routine grounder to shortstop. Like, that dude is just an absolute freak of nature, honestly. <laughs> and I, I think he just has to be the betting favor every season entering the MLB year because if, you're, if he's going to be out there on the mound 15 starts and still be your, arguably your second best player in your lineup, like what more can he do to, to not be considered the most valuable player? Not many dudes are the second best player in terms of pitching and position player on your team so Otani's a freak of nature and I think everyone I, I think he his approval rating is 100% honestly I don't think there's any haters when it comes to Shohei Otani how could you he waved goodbye to a baseball that is the, the best thing that I've ever seen he is so wholesome he how could he have enemies it is ridiculous if anybody hates him uh if you do let me know why uh, I'm intrigued by that I'm at by Jason B on Twitter let me know why you hate Shohei Otani, and uh, we can have a discussion on that. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, that would be a, a pretty interesting roundtable for anyone that hates Sho Shohei Otani. But that's all I probably got from myself, Jason. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up here on the pod? I am all good. I, I always love talking about the Diamondbacks. So if uh, if you want to talk about the Diamondbacks, I will do that with you. So if we ever, you know, get a, a series again, if it's on the weekend, we could do one of those locker room crossovers and, you know, watch the beginning and end of games because those are pretty fun, honestly, to do with someone else. I, I've enjoyed the locker rooms so far. But Jason, <laughs> thank you for taking the time today for doing this crossover. Uh, sad that the D-backs lost, but at least they did it in entertaining fashion. <laughs> That's all that you can really hope for. If not, I'm not saying that the Diamondbacks are bad, but when the A's are bad, all I want is competitive baseball. Or, you know, let, let me have fun watching the team. You don't have to win, but give me some hope at the very least. And uh, it looks like you're kind of in the same boat there with the D-backs this season. Yeah, D-backs are bad on the days, Mass and Bumgarner pitches. But that's it for me, Miller Thomas of the Locked on D-backs podcast, Jason Burke of the Locked on A's. We'll see you guys next time. 